Alright everyone, this is Tim with the Online Big Blue, bringing you the best in New York Giants Sports Talk Entertainment. You can smell it in the air. The Denver game is right around the corner. We still gotta go through some of the minutia of the last preseason game and the joint practices with the Pats. I wanna talk about two things. I wanna talk about the Belichick coaching tree and where Joe Judge has fallen on it because the Belichick coaching tree is kind of barren of fruit and always has been. And it's gotten worse recently. But I wanna talk about these joint practices. Guys, you you can read into them what you want. I wouldn't I wouldn't read anything into them. It's it, it is what it is. I, I've always said this a million times. I I look at games and even preseason games to see how a gentleman or a player performs. Yes, you could be a. There's been plenty of plenty of practice warriors who you know turned into you know. It's like I said, there's, there's plenty of Tarzan practice guys who turn on Jane on, who turned to Jane on Sunday. Just saying that. Cause then if you look at it, you're, everyone's going to get worried about Daniel Jones. He, had, he, he looked good early on and I think it was on the seven on seven drills. And then he kind of, kind of was outshined by Mac Jones. I'm not going to take anything from that right now. It's the same thing with David Sills, the venerable David Sills. Who everyone loves. He couldn't get open in the joint practices against the Browns. I'm not hearing anything against what he's doing against the Pats. But he looked good against the third teamers and grocery baggers in in the preseason game. So it is what it, it is what it is. Dory Jackson, of course, was carted off the field. I think more as a precaution for the ankle. We'll see what happens on week one. If he comes back on week one, it's a non-story. Kyle Rudolph was removed from the pup. They're still not committal if he'll be able to play starting week one against the Broncos. Of course, Teddy Bridgewater is also going to be the starting quarterback for the Broncos. I would feel better if Drew Locke was. Teddy Bridgewater, to me, is why he's not dynamic. He is professional and knows how to move the ball and knows how to lead his team. He's, he's a, in my mind, he is a game manager, but he's, he offers a little bit more than that. But I want to talk about the Belichick coaching tree. The Belichick coaching tree at times has kind of been, I'm not even going to say it's kind of been hit or miss. The Belichick coaching tree has been horrid. If you take a look going back to November of 2020, is a former assistants have a combined record of 208 and 296 and one for a winning percentage of 0.413. That's pretty bad. And if you take a look at who was on this tree, you got, you know, you, you go back to Al Gro. Al Gro had the one winning season with the Jets and his only one when he was nine and seven. You know, and then he, of course, he went over to Virginia, his alma mater to coach. He served as a linebacker coach under Belichick in Cleveland in 92. Before, and then he was a defensive coordinator. He was also a defensive coordinator under Parcells, but he's more, I would say he's more of a Belichick guy. He didn't resign with the Jets, like I said, to take the job at Virginia. So, Funny enough, people don't know this. Nick Saban, who I worked the season under, uh, was, had a 15-7 record between 2005 and 2006. Of course, greatest football coach ever in college, I think, one of those. Um, he had a two-year stint most people don't remember that um, he had a four years he spent as Belichick's defensive coordinator with the Browns in the 90s. Most people don't remember that. So he flamed out. I mean, he's a good in the, in the college ranks, but he flamed out in the pros. And, and, and a lot of college coaches do that. I, I, Steve Spurrier was one of those guys. Steve Spurrier, man, used to crack me up. I, I've met Steve Spurrier a bunch of times. Like, he's, just, he's just a good old boy. Especially, I never met him in Florida. I met him when he was at South Carolina. He, he would even say he would spend, he would love to spend more time playing golf than he would like to game plan. <laughs> so also on that tree is Romeo Cornell. He had, he went to Cleveland from 2005, 2008. He was 24 and 40 Kansas city chiefs. He was four and 15 Houston Texans. He was four and three, five time Super Bowl champion. Of course, he's probably one of the, he actually was one of the oldest head coaches in history. 
uh, when he took over Bill O'Brien in 2020 at the age of 73. Again, he, um, he, he worked with Belichick and has a coaching record of 26 and 54. Then you got the venerable Eric Mangini. He was with the Jets, went 23 and 25. How he got the job with the Browns and went 10 and 22, I have no idea. We all know, you know, we all know with Belichick. <laughs> yeah, he, you know, he succeeded Romeo Cornell twice versus the defense coordinator with the Pats. And then, you know, he did with the head coach. He's, so he's worked, you know, he, he coached with Belichick on the Browns, the Jets, and the Patriots. Um, they kind of had a close relationship, but after Spygate in 2020, 20, excuse me, 27, 2007, they never really, you know, they've, their relationship's kind of cooled off. But again, his coaching record is 20, you know, is, is again, not, not acceptable. You also have the venerable Jim Schwartz, Jim Schwartz, who, of course, had the unenviable task of going to the Detroit Lions from 2009 to 13. He was 29 and 51. He got his first job in the NFL as a scout under Belichick. That was back in 93. You know, and, and like I said, he's just a guy, another guy, just, he was a defensive coordinator, of course, when the Eagles knocked off the Pats. So maybe that's why Judge doesn't like him anymore. But again, another Belichick guy didn't, didn't become anything as a head coach. Then you got Josh McDaniels. Josh McDaniels' experiment in Cleveland, I mean, to do with Denver, was just a mess. He was 11 and 17. He had the whole team, Tim Tebow fiasco. So, and the offensive coordinator forever for, for the venerable coach. And then you got Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien is one of the few that have a winning record at 52 and 48. He had five seasons under Belichick. And then he went to Penn State. I think he should have just stayed at Penn State. He should have just stayed at Happy Valley. That's what I, that's, that's fun to see. He, and he will always be remembered as head coach at trade away to Andre Hopkins. But again, he has the best record out of everyone. You got Matt Patricia who took over for the Lions again. He went 13, 29, and one. Mm. I actually wanted the Giants to go after Patricia. But again, another, another failed Belichick guy. Brian Flores right now seems to be the only guy that may potentially have an opportunity to do anything. He was 15 seasons with New England. I think it's from uh, he was 11 and 15 so far in Miami. He seems to be turning the corner with that team. And then you got, of course, Joe Judge. Joe Judge, six and ten, first season. Special teams, basically a special team coach in his entire career. Belichick gave him the title of wide receivers coach because of the fact that he thought that would be better for him or helped him get a job as a head coach in the NFL. He that's why he gave him that title. I mean, is he going to, I mean, if you take, if you go by the history of the tree, the tree is dead. The tree is barren. The tree is dried up. Someone put some poison at the bottom of the tree and killed it. Does that mean that's going to happen to Joe Judge? I don't think so. I think, you know, I think there's, there's always, there's always that flower that blooms that comes out of the minutiae that rises above. Is that going to be Brian Flores? Is that going to be, is that going to be Joe Judge? I don't know. We have to wait and see. I'm just pointing out the fact that the coaching tree from Bill Belichick is not what would I refer to as stellar. I mean, when you have, you take a look at, like I said, if you have a winning record, you don't even have a winning record. I mean, if you, I mean, and some of these coaches like flamed out spectacularly. That's my thing. But if you're like 20, 208 and 296 and one, that's, that's not, that's not a good record. You know, and you look at some of these other guys, like Bill Walsh's coaching tree and Mike Holmgren, George Seifert, Marty Schottenheimer, Bill Cower, Tony Dungy. Bill Parcells' coaching tree was Belichick, Peyton, Coughlin. Uh, 
I'm not saying anything. I've pointed this out when we hired him. You got to hope Joe Judge turns it all around because if not, it's going to be another long ass season. You got to hope that Daniel Jones um, does what he, he does. What he does. Hey, I, I got a bone to pick with Rich Eisen. I guess he's on ESPN on the radio. I got a bunch of pet, uh, messages yesterday from people saying Rich Eisen stole your stick. I said, "What do you mean he stole my stick?" He goes, "He he said the Giants are a team of ifs. If this happens, and if they do that, and if you do this, and if they do that, then they might make the playoffs." People are like you said that months ago. I don't think Rich Eisen stole any from, anything from me, guys. But I appreciate you giving me the credit for it. I really do. <laughs> I think that's awesome. Uh, and if he did steal, if he did steal it from me, that would be even more awesome because I could be like, "Whoa, Rich Eisen listens to me," but he doesn't. He didn't steal anything from me. I appreciate the. Uh, I appreciate it. Of course, we're also going to be doing the NFL Giants Chuck Talk Sunday, eleven a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Talking over, going over the game, the preseason game, so getting ready for the season. Hopefully, we'll also be able to. I think we're going to go to the game. I have tickets. It's just my son's got school on the, the following day, and it's a six o'clock start, and we're still about an hour away. So I mean, it's, it's going to make it a little bit more difficult to do. But maybe we'll maybe we'll go for early and go for a couple hours and hang out in the coaches club for a little bit. So um, hopefully, like I said, hopefully, guys, we get, we got to get pumped up for the Broncos, man. So we got to do. We got to get we got to get this ready. We got to get our stuff ready. We got to get our gear ready. We got we got to make sure that we have the team. Hopefully, like I said. I'm curious to see what happens after the 53-man roster is set, and I'm curious to see who we pick up on the waiver wire. And I've said this before, if you're number guy 53, 52, 51, and 50 on the roster, don't get comfortable till after cut-down day because you may not be with the team because that always happens. So, But again, this is Tim with Online Big Blue bringing you the best in New York Giants sports talk and entertainment. And as always, if you could like, subscribe, and the play through the means, that'd be awesome.